Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network, at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 17th of July, 2023, the 28th of Tammuz, 5783, coming to you this morning from beautiful Gush Etzion, Israel, Judea, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. And it is hot, folks. Summer is here. We are in the midst of a never-ending, it seems, heat wave here in the Jewish state. Luckily, here in Gush Etzion, when the sun goes down in the evenings, it cools down a bit. I know that's not the case for much of the country, especially in the north and in the Jordan Valley and certainly in the Dead Sea area and a lot. But here in Gush Etzion, at least it gets a little bit cooler and we have a breeze. But according to my weather app, it looks like that uh, looks like summer's here to stay, and this heat wave is here to stay. And speaking of things heating up, also here in Gush Etzion, unfortunately, yesterday we had a terrorist attack uh, right outside of the community of Tokoa. That's in eastern Gush Etzion. Um, thank God, no one was was killed in the attack, but 36-year-old Elroy Kapach was shot and is in serious condition condition in the Jerusalem hospital. He is stable from what I understand. He underwent surgery after taking a bullet literally to the gut as he was driving just outside of Tekoa at the Tekoa Junction. He had two of his daughters in the car, a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old, who suffered from shrapnel wounds and understandably went into shock as a result of the attack. The terrorist was captured several hours later by security forces, IDF forces, in the PA-controlled town of Bethlehem. But another day and another terror attack, thank God, according to the, the medical personnel, uh, Kapach is, Elroy Kapach uh, did not suffer from life-threatening injuries. He is, again, stable. He underwent surgery, possibly more surgeries down the road. And please God, he will return to a, a good quality of life and he will recover. And everyone should uh, please pray for uh, Elroy Ben Batsheva. That's what we do. If you're not familiar, you pray for the person and you mentioned the mother's name. Elroy Ben, son of Batsheva, who was wounded in the terrorist shooting outside of Tekoa yesterday. So, again, we almost daily, I mean, we do have the daily rock attacks and firebomb attacks, but uh, the shooting attacks, and they are not confined just to northern Samaria. They shouldn't They shouldn't be anywhere. It shouldn't be in northern Samaria. Gush Etzion doesn't matter, but... Now we had a an attack here in eastern Gush Etzion. Everyone should be well. Everyone should be safe, as we have the right to do. It should be a right to travel on the road and not get shot at by these jihadist terrorists who seek to murder Jews and to destroy the state of Israel. That is their goal. The communities in Gush Etzion have asked the public to recite psalms uh, to Elim towards a full recovery for uh, Elroy and his two, uh, Elroy rather, in his two daughters. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, thank God the terrorist was caught shortly after. 
Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was released from the hospital on Sunday after being admitted on Saturday for observation, uh, apparently suffering from dehydration. The weekly cabinet meeting, which usually takes place on Sunday, postponed till today, Monday. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has completed a series of tests and is in excellent condition. This was a quote from the Sheba Medical Center. Our diagnosis at the end of all the tests performed, including the laboratory tests, is that the reason for the hospitalization was dehydration. They're saying at no point was there any anything suspicious in terms of his heartbeat uh, or anything like that. Apparently, the prime minister fell, and reports say he hit his head, and they were just uh, making sure it wasn't a cardiac event. That's uh, apparently uh, I'm not a medical professional, but routine here. If a a patient has an unexplained uh, instance of of fainting, which was the case for the prime minister. Prime minister is seventy three years old. He was in his home in Caesarea uh, when he passed out, smacked his head, and, and then was able to check himself into the emergency room. His personal doctor, Doctor Sweet Berkowitz rushed to the Sheba Medical Center to tend to the Prime Minister, who listed him as good and stable. So let's uh, hope for a, let's hope the Prime Minister is doing okay. It looks like it was just a case of dehydration. He admitted that in this heat wave, he went to the Sea of Galilee, didn't drink enough water, wasn't wearing a hat, and that'll get you folks, whether you're the Prime Minister or anyone else in this country in this extreme heat. Turning to other news here, the Jerusalem Post yesterday reported that the Palestinian Authority is seeking to revive an initiative for the formation of a national unity government consisting of several factions. And when I say factions, I'm talking about terrorist organizations such as Hamas and the PIJ, the Palestinian so-called Islamic Jihad, also potentially included in this uh, initiative, this formation of a national unity government. Other terror organizations, since, uh, including the uh, PFLP and the DFLP, all committed to destroying the state of Israel. And if you recall, if you recall back in the day, you know the Oslo Accords, when the Palestinian Authority was supposed to receive the backing and support of Israel and the, and the international community so that they could fight against Hamas terrorists. Uh, that is not the case. They are all united, or in this case, officially uniting, when it comes to their goal of wiping the Jewish state off the map. That's what's going on with the Palestinian Authority. Um, there's also uh, some tension here that may um, may cause them to uh, not come to some sort of an, ag an agreement. Uh, according to a spokesman for the Palestinian Security Forces, claims were made that the PA was discriminating against Hamas and PAIJ, and actually that they were arresting members of those two groups because of their political affiliation. So the spokesman for the PA came out and he denied those claims. Nevertheless, an Arab journalist and political activist, Akil Awade, he posted a video on social media ridicule, ridiculing the PA spokesperson. And what did they do? The PA immediately arrested him. So anyone who thinks it's a 
free society and the Palestinian Authority. You know, remember, we were supposed to bolster them and they would be democratic. Mahmoud Abbas, of course, in what is it, the 19th year of a four-year term. And the world is quiet when a Palestinian so-called, an Arab journalist under the PA, I don't really use the term Palestinian, okay? Just to be clear, just reading it here out of the Jerusalem Post, but an Arab journalist is arrested and there were some protests by other journalists in the PA. And according to this, human rights activists, I'm curious to know who they are because uh, I haven't seen anything from, uh, you know, the big ones, HRW or Amnesty or the other phony human rights organizations. I haven't seen them protesting a lack of real freedoms in the Palestinian Authority, including freedom for journalists to express themselves or to report on something which the Palestinian Authority doesn't want them to report on. So if you open your, ma- you open your mouth in the, in the PA, if you sell land to a Jew, by the way, of course, if you try to have any type of normalization with Jews, especially those in Judea and Samaria, the Palestinian Authority will arrest you. That is just who they are. The relationship between Israel and the United States, I actually spoke about this on a debate program on I-24 this past week, the J-Post reports that the Wall Street Journal over the weekend had a, an editorial in which it criticized the U.S. President Joe Biden and his, and his administration when it comes to Israel. According to this uh, editorial, um, the Wall Street Journal said that The president, and I'll give the exact quote, at least rhetorically, the president and his his administration treat Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his governing coalition worse than they do the ruling mullahs in Iran. That's what the Wall Street Journal said, that the current administration is treating the Israeli government worse than they're treating Iran. Of course, uh, Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, is headed to Washington. He may be en route right now to celebrate 75 years of Israel and ties between Israel and the U.S. That being said, the Wall Street Journal uh, blasted President Joe Biden, saying this is no way to treat a Democratic ally and no way to pursue U.S. interests while Mr. Netanyahu's Likud party is in power, as it has been for most of the past 25 years. The editorial's strong, positive stance towards Israel and Netanyahu was part of its larger critique of Biden's Middle East policies, which the Wall Street Journal said had strengthened China and Iran and weakened the U.S. position in the region. And I believe that 100% to be true. Why is Saudi Arabia pulling closer to Iran instead of, instead of further away from Iran? Same with the United Arab Emirates. These countries were turning to the West, turning to the U.S., for support, and they had that support under under the Trump administration, and now they've lost it, and now they've lost it, and they are uh, trending towards Iran. They're hedging their bets here. They can't count on the U.S. administration, and the Wall Street Journal here calls them out for that, calls out the Biden administration, saying they're treating Prime Minister Netanyahu worse than they're treating the Iranians. And here, as it said in the editorial, the uh, Wall Street Journal took issue in particular with Biden's failure to, failure to reach a deal with Saudi Arabia and its push to finalize a weak agreement with Iran. 
that would not reduce its nuclear weapons capability. That's what the Biden administration is all about. Okay? It says here, uh, the Biden administration has been reduced to a floating and unwritten stopgap agreement that would give Tehran tens of billions of dollars to sit on the precipice of nuclear breakout. At the same time, Wall Street Journal said that Iran has a growing influence among the terror groups under the Palestinian Authority due to Biden's failed policies, also calling out the Biden administration for referring to Judea and Samaria as so-called occupied territory. The editorial asks, how does it advance peace to indulge Palestinians, again, their word, in the belief that Jews are interlopers in Judea and at the Western Wall? The Wall Street Journal asks, noting again the snub of Netanyahu, this is, this is an unbelievable op-ed, or editorial rather, not an op-ed, an editorial in the Wall Street Journal, um, calling it as it is. The Biden administration cozying up to the Palestinian Authority, the Iranians, China, all these entities, and throwing Israel under the bus with their policies. We talked about it last week. Millions for UNRWA, rejoining UNESCO, trying to push once again for a so-called two-state solution. Everything, every which way, shape, or form, exactly the opposite of the Trump administration and all the accomplishments. And you see firsthand how the strength of the Trump administration was leading towards, I mean, it did lead towards the Abraham Accords and was leading towards agreements between Israel, the United States, and other countries in the region. But not now. We'll have to see what happens in 2024 um, and see where things head. But right now it is it is looking bleak as Iran, the mullahs, are headed towards nuclear weapons. Israel, if necessary, will have to act alone. As I mentioned, President Herzog heading to Washington for a White House visit. Not Netanyahu, Herzog. And he will address Congress. The J-Post reports here today. President Eisenhower Herzog will fly to Washington on Monday night. He's actually leaving this evening. At a time of increased tensions between Israel and the U.S., the trip is meant to strengthen the relations and the partnership between the U.S. and Israel and to reflect the deep ties between the countries which are placed above all controversy. The president's office stated, you can't ignore the controversy. Yes, of course, the American people support Israel. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt about it, regardless of who the president is, who their leaders are, who our leaders are. U.S. people recognize the importance of supporting Israel, and so do many of the leaders in the U.S., members of Congress and uh, the Senate. Of course, not the terrible squad. I just saw a video of one of the squad members. I don't remember which one, the congresswoman who called out Israel, called us a racist, and used all these derogatory terms towards the state of Israel at some forum she was speaking at. But yeah, that's how some of the squad and some of them think. As I mentioned, Herzog is set to give an address to both houses of Congress marking 75 years of Israel's independence. He will be the second Israeli president to do so following his own father, Chaim Herzog, who addressed both houses in 1987. 
Ahead of the trip, Netanyahu told Herzog last Thursday that Israel has two red lines. Israel will not agree to an American return to the dangerous nuclear deal with Iran and will act with every means it has to stop Iran from attaining a nuclear weapon, according to a source close to Netanyahu. In addition, Israel will not agree to a, quote, no surprises policy when it comes to Iran. In other words, the Biden administration said to Israel, well, if you're going to act, if you're going to do something, you have to let us know in advance. And Netanyahu said, no, I don't have to let you know in advance. If that's going to harm Israel's security or damage perhaps the sense of surprise and give our enemies a tip-off when Israel is about to act, Israel's not prepared to make that concession, even though the U.S. is our good friend. At the same time, another source close to Netanyahu argued last last week that while the Biden administration is critical of the coalition's judicial reform, again, you know, they're behind the scenes. Someone over there is involved in these protests. Um, uh, The Biden administration, even more critical, planned to build thousands, thousands of new homes in Judea and Samaria. But their main gripe, though, not the judicial, not Judea and Samaria. Their main gripe, according to this source, is actually what I was just talking about before, this no surprises policy in regard to Iran. The source said that Iran is an existential issue. This is a source from Netanyahu's office. The Biden administration is repeating the texts of the Obama era, that we have to be quiet and accept U.S. policy In the name of the special relationship, well, we can't accept that. And good, Israel should stand strong and not give in to this. I guess it's a demand. doesn't look like they're asking this no surprise clause. But if it's going to damage our security, then Israel must stay strong, even, even with our best friend, the United States. Ahead of Herzog's U.S. visit, government to restore the Jewish antiquity sites in Judea and Samaria. Here it says West Bank. I don't use that term. Uh, reported by the Jerusalem Post, the government is supposed to approve a plan to fund, fund, develop, and protect ancient Jewish archaeological sites in Area C. That is the area of Judea and Samaria under full Israeli control. According to this Report There are more than 3,000 antiquity sites in Judea and Samaria. 80% of them are in Area C. And this shouldn't be surprising to anyone because Judea and Samaria is the heartland, the biblical heartland of the Jewish people. And the vast majority of stories from the Bible took place in these areas, in places like Bethel and Hebron and Shechem, And Bethlehem, these were the stories from our Bible. But in recent years, there has been an increase in damage to archaeological sites in Judea and Samaria as a result of antiquities, theft, illegal construction, and on and on. And I wonder who's carrying out this damage and theft. A thousand sites have already been damaged, according to this report. Uh, None other than the Arabs living under the Palestinian Authority. They're trying to destroy our history, physically destroy these archaeological sites. And then they turn around, and I saw this for myself on the Temple Mount. 
the attempt by the Arabs up there to destroy any evidence of a Jewish presence dating back thousands of years. They're trying to do the same in Judea and Samaria, destroy these archaeological sites. And I hope the government does the right thing. I hope this plan is approved and there's some sort of protection put in place. And I, again, I don't know what it is, if it's cameras or guards or, or whatnot. We have to protect our history as some of our neighbors try to destroy our history, try to destroy our claim to our heartland. It's not acceptable. It's been going on for years. A thousand archaeological sites damaged. Perhaps things we can never, ever get back. It reminds me of the illegal uh, project on the Temple Mount when they were digging out back in the year, what was it, in the year 2000 when they started digging digging out a new mosque and in turn destroyed 2,000 years of Jewish history, an archaeological project that's still being sifted through today after they dumped hundreds and hundreds of truckloads of dirt. I think it was in the Kidron Valley in Jerusalem. And Israel till this day is still going through and sifting through the dirt from that holy site from the Temple Mount. So that's what they're trying to do. Physically destroy any trace of the Jewish people in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria. And it's about time that we say enough. It's way past time, actually. Should have been done a very long time ago. And finally, let's finish on some good news here. We've had a lot of sports success here this summer in soccer and uh, and now here in basketball. Israel's national under-20 basketball team reached the European Championship final after defeating Belgium 67-46 on... I believe it was Saturday night. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I have to report that Israel lost to France in the finals last night by 10 points. This Again, this is the under-20 basketball team. But that being said, it was an unbelievable tournament for the Israeli team. I think this is just a sign of where we're headed. The, all of these under-21, under-20, under-19 teams, soccer, basketball, making great strides in international competitions. And I think the future for sports in Israel is very bright. You wouldn't know it because, you know, when's the last time Israel qualified for the World Cup, for example, but Israel will be represented in the sport of soccer or as some call it football in the Olympics next next summer. And now our European under-20 basketball team, second place in Europe. So congratulations to them. And I always like to end on a positive note. And that's uh, that's really going to do it for today here on Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. My name is Josh Haston. Monday, 17th of July, 2023, the 20th of Tammuz, 5783. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Let's hope and pray for a safe and quiet week throughout the land of Israel and wherever you are in the world. Let's hope for peace and quiet. So many, by the way, it should be noted, so many of these terrorist attacks are thwarted by the brave men and women of the IDF and the security forces who are working 24-7 to ensure our security. Some attacks get through. Yesterday is an example. 
but the vast majority of them are thwarted thanks to our intelligence, our know-how, and the brave men and women of our security forces and our Israel Defense Forces. So on that note, wishing everyone out there a great week. Thanks to Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Ben Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. Um, that's going to do it. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Have a great week from Gush Etzion, Judea, just south of Jerusalem, eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a great week, everyone. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Land of Israel Network. Check out my show, the Ishai Fleischer Show, with Torah, politics, insights, and spirituality, and the face of Moses. The light that shines from him is shining onto you. Shine it back to us here in the Land of Israel Network. Can't wait to see you on the Yishai Fleischer Show. The Yishai Fleischer Show, the voice of a new generation of pro-Israel activists. Every week on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.